Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and today we are talking about movies. Uh, the big movie that we will be talking about on this episode is the phenomenal Ad Astra. Along with a brief discussion on two movies that I saw while I was gone, which was Tall Girl and Ravenous. So let's get started. Um, I'm going to just talk briefly about these other two movies as well. Tall Girl is a Netflix comedy. Uh, it's an hour and 41 minutes, and it just came out last week. And I really liked this movie. I liked it way more than I thought I would. But it's a movie about Jody. Uh, the has always been the tallest girl in school, and she's always been uncomfortable with it. After slouching her way through life for 16 years and being made fun of by classmates, Jody meets Stig, a seemingly perfect Swedish foreign exchange student who's even taller than she is. Jody's new crush turns her world upside down and throws her into a surprising love triangle. But with the help of her two best friends, as well as her beauty queen's sister Harper, Jody comes to realize that she's far more than her insecurities about her appearance have led her to believe. I I was just really impressed with this uh, with this movie. It uh, it's directed by Nzinga Stewart, with uh, written by Sam Wolfson, stars Ava Michelle, Griffin Gluck, uh, Sabrina Carpenter, and Paris Bur uh, or Burlick. Think is how you say it, but uh, it was great. It just it was a really wholesome high school movie dealing with something that I don't think I have ever seen on the big screen yet. And I didn't see it on the big screen; I saw it on a small screen in my bedroom. But um, it's just it's about a girl who's super tall. She's like six foot one, and I can imagine how terrible that would be when you're in high school and you're the only person who's taller than everybody else, and you're a girl because most people uh, don't think that girls should be taller than them. And uh, I kind of have some experience in that because I was on the other spectrum. I was I was a lot shorter than everybody around me, so everyone seemed tall. But uh, it was just it was a really good story. I think they really captured that whole essence really well. All of the actors just did a knockout job of making it seem believable. There are some corny and cheesy parts in it, but honestly, in a movie like this, you're gonna get corny and cheesy in it because it's a feel good movie. And, uh, I, it just, it really was a feel good movie. I, I wouldn't, I would, uh, not be opposed to watching it again. If it was ever on, I would, all, I would sit through it and watch it just because by the end of it, you know, you're rooting and cheering for her because she is such a brave girl to, you know, come into her power and realize that she is more than how tall she is. And she is more than just a tall girl. And that, that made it a really special movie in my eyes. And then Ravenous uh, is part of the the thing my cousins, uh, my cousin and brother and I are doing for kind of scary movies throughout the fall uh, season. This is a movie from 1999. It's an hour and 41 minutes. It's got Guy Pierce, Robert Carlyle, David Arquette, Jeremy Davies, uh, directed by Antonia Bird and written by Ted Griffin. It's a it says, on a, in a remote military outpost in the 19th century, Captain John Boyd and his regiment embark on a rescue mission, which takes a dark turn when they are ambushed by a sadistic cannibal. So it's actually a really crazy, uh, it's a crazy story. It's the second time I've seen this movie too, and I, I really like this movie. It's like, it's based in the 19th century, but it was made in the 90s. And it's like, uh, if you've ever seen sort of Almost Heroes, it just it, it's like a group of army men who are going to this outpost that um, is not necessarily was abandoned, but they're trying to survive. And this guy shows up and says that his entire group 
was was cannibals and he's like well, I'm, i'll go show you where they are we can see if any of them are still alive so we can save them and they were cannibals because they went out on a mission and uh got lost basically and had to they ran out of food and so they get there and uh that's not the case that's not nothing is what it seems and there are so many twists in this movie i don't even want to spoil it because if you haven't seen it i'd be shocked it's an old movie or it's 1999 it's not that old it's actually what is that that's 20 that's 20 years old wow but uh it was good it's a really fun fall movie and it uh it's kind of a gross movie too though so if you if you're not into cannibalism or you know seeing people eat other people may may avoid it but it, it's all played for comedy purposes and it's it's certainly scary and there are some jump scares and some creepy scares at some spots but for the most part it's a funny movie and uh and that that's what kind of makes it special so i I would recommend checking that one out as well but uh, like i said i just wanted to do some brief uh explanations on those two films so that i could really dive into what i want to talk about which is ad astra guys i want to do a full spoiler discussion on this but i'm going to do just a quick non-spoiler one just so that those of you who haven't seen it and maybe are just wondering what to do about it uh, that way i can help you out so this movie is written and directed by james gray also written by ethan gross and it stars brad pitt tommy lee jones ruth naga donald sutherland and um, some other people that are in it but those are kind of the main i'd say main characters in the story and uh it's about uh his character excuse me Brad Pitt's character, Roy McBride, is an astronaut. And this movie takes place in the near future, is what it says. And, and even from the beginning, I'll just heads up, I saw it in IMAX. Go see it in IMAX. Go see this movie regardless. Please go see this movie. Like we need this move. We need more movies like this movie. This movie is just the ultimate space movie. So he's an astronaut. Uh, apparently like the best astronaut. They they make comments that he his heart rate has never gone above 80. And even in the very beginning, he's like falling for miles in the air in free fall. And his heart rate is not even going up. He's talking completely normal. It's, it's just insane how how great Brad Pitt is. And um, even the other people in it are great. But for the most part, this is a Brad Pitt movie. This movie is about Brad Pitt. And what I found so beautiful about this movie is yes, this movie is a futuristic type movie. It's a sci-fi movie. There's a lot of space. There's a lot of wild stuff that happens in it. But at the end of the day, this movie is a movie about, or it's a story about a father and a son. It's the story about a father-son relationship. And it's literally nothing more than that. That's really all that it is. And the, the, the plot of the movie is that Roy's father is also was an astronaut, a very famous astronaut, and he had been sent to Neptune to uh to explore essentially and they start getting these shock waves and uh what happens is they they're they've been trying to contact his father who allegedly is still there and uh to try and figure out what's happening because these shock waves are going to eventually kill the planet earth and so they pull brad pitt in and they're like hey we need you to uh contact your father because obviously like if you're if you contact him maybe he will contact back and we can get this stopped and that's the story that's literally the story but uh and so that's where i won't say anything more than that because anything more than that would be spoilers 
but it's literally that it's him it's a father-son sort of mission for him to go but and that's the even cooler part so it's like okay well how do you contact somebody on neptune they're like we're gonna fly you from earth to the moon we're gonna make you fly commercial so that no one guesses that this is what you're doing this is a top secret mission and then from the moon you're gonna take another flight to mars and then when you get to mars that's when you're sending out you're gonna send out the signal at our base on mars and so so that's all i'll say um, I gave this movie a 9 out of 10, but I'm almost wondering if it's going to be a 10 out of 10. I got to see it again to confirm. I have a rule where if I give a movie a 10, I have I at least have to see it twice in theaters to give it a 10. So I got to see it again because it just, it, it was, a, in my eyes, this movie was a mix between Interstellar and um, like with bits about like, of like Annihilation and a little bit of the of Arrival it just it's a very sort of in in a sense it's a little trippy but in another sense it's it's just such a beautiful space movie like i don't think i've seen a space movie as beautiful as this to show the commercialization of space and what things may and probably will look like in the future with also some really great uh, messages in the movie with uh, some great takeaways but uh, but yeah that's all i'll say so, if you're looking for a non-spoiler review, you just received it right now. Um, go see the movie, judge it for yourself, because I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Um, just, just out, you know, I, talking to myself here. I, and this, like I said last week about hustlers, and I hope I'm tr- explaining this properly. But with hustlers, I will be surprised if Hustlers is nominated for anything for Oscars. And I say that because it was a really great movie, but I just don't think the Academy is going to recognize it. It should. So I've learned to not expect anything. So if it gets nominated, I'm going to be like, wow, awesome. That's great. I'm not going to be surprised in a bad way. I'll be surprised in a good way. For Ad Astra, if this movie does not get nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, um, Best uh, Score or Music, and uh cinematography and then maybe editing i will be shocked and also ooh, definitely a screenplay as well it was really well written um i'll be shocked i will be absolutely shocked brad pitt gives probably one of the best performances i have ever seen him give he is at his prime right now and uh, he always has been so there's no question there so that's that um so non-spoiler is done i'm going to be moving into spoilers right now so if you'd like you can turn this off come back later or what but we're, we're diving right in so this movie starts out with him he's working on a satellite that's pretty far above earth but he's sort of in space but above earth and one of those surges goes on and he's just like people are dying, falling off this thing free falling to the earth kind of like if you guys have ever seen that red bull ad or whatever where the red bull guy jumps out of the space station and then you know falls all the way down it was like a real thing that's what this is and brad pitt just falls and he's just falling and he's just like (sighs) like he i don't even think you hear him breathing i think you just hear him talking like command can you hear me i'm attempting to do this like and it's like oh how are you keeping your cool right now and so then from there after that they do an evaluation and you find out that was like he's like a famous astronaut he's a major and he's never had his heart rate below 80 he's like calm in every single situation he's like famous for not letting his emotions get the best of him and uh it just absolutely insane just that whole the cinematography for that scene was phenomenal and then from there they bring him in and they're like hey you know we 
we have this very, very top secret mission because I guess his dad was in a top secret mission and it was the Project Lima. And the project was to try and find intelligent life. And so his dad was the first person to visit, uh, what was it, Saturn, Jupiter, and now he's at, he's at Neptune. And that's where they've they've found that's where these energy spikes are coming from. So they said that essentially we need to get them to be stopped, otherwise the Earth's going to end. Like think people are going to dying because of these spikes. It's knocking out electricity, all kinds of stuff. So they're like, we're gonna, and it has to be top secret. So we're sending you to the moon, and then from the moon you're going to go to Mars, and then you're going to send a a pre-recorded message, essentially like you're just sending a basic message to your dad to do it can you do that and he's like yep i can do that and so as the movie progresses you kind of find out that his dad left him much the same way that brad pitt sort of had to leave his wife you find out he was married but didn't have kids and he divorced his wife because his job is a very serious job and in a job like that you have to put the job first and so tommy lee jones is his dad and he was the same way and he basically left his family and uh, went into space. And so he hasn't seen his dad in a very, very long time. So there's obviously a lot of emotions coming up. He has to keep getting these routine uh, psych evaluations. And what was really cool is the the futurism of this movie. So he, like the psych evaluations, you just put a little, almost looks like a nicotine patch or something on your pulse. And then you say what your pulse rate is and you talk about how you're feeling. And then the thing either accepts it or you have to you know, take another one or, or you can't leave sort of thing. But so he flies to the moon commercially, which I've never seen done before. He's like in a commercial rocket with maybe 15 other people. They're all chilling. And there's a scene he's like, can I get a, he was like, can I get a blanket please? And they're like, absolutely. That'll be $125. And he's like, okay. And everyone in the theater kind of giggled at that. But it's like, that's probably how expensive stuff will be if you're freaking flying to the moon. And uh, from there he lands at the moon. There's a bunch of stuff at the moon and it's awesome. Like the moon is completely commercialized. There's a, there's an Applebee's. I think I saw a subway. There's some other stuff. And he's talking, you know, to, uh, Brad Pitt's talking about how, like, he goes, we, we wanted to escape earth because we were killing the earth and we are just doing the exact same thing here on the moon that w- we are world eaters. And I was like, that's such a good point that like, you know, the earth is dying. Let's go find another place to live. And people don't realize like once you find that other place to live, you're just going to turn it into another earth. You're going to put all of your, you know, the subways and the Applebee's on your thing. And what was even cooler is they were saying like there's specific spots on the moon that you can be. All of the other spots are off limits because right now there's kind of a, a, a war going on for resources on the moon. And there's all kinds of like pirates and stuff out there. And it was like the minute they mentioned that, I was like, I really hope we get a space fight. And guys, we got a space fight. So they're like, okay, we got to take you to the uh, launch pad to take you to Mars. And so they're on little rovers driving in the in on the moon. It's it's there's like no sound because it's on the moon. And the cinematography, like there's a scene where Brad Pitt's just holding his hand out and moon dust is going through his hand. And then all of a sudden some other lunar rovers come up and start like shooting at their ship. It's, oh my God. And even Brad Pitt, even then, even then he is on the moon on a lunar craft being attacked by pirates with like laser guns. And he is completely cool as a cucumber, is the coolest thing in the world. But so he eventually gets there, gets to Mars and, uh, um, at Mars is where he meets Ruth Nega, who is uh, kind of like a person there, like the, 
I don't know, the caretaker, admin, something like that. They don't really say. But we find out that at that point, he sends a message to his dad, the, the prescribed message. It's like, hey, you know, can you please contact us sort of thing. And they don't receive anything back. And so he tries again, but this time he sends a very heartfelt message. And it was so touching. He's like, because his they really focus on Brad Pitt's face a lot to show you how how calm he is and how controlled he is. And you can see him cracking in the scene. His eyes kind of start to water and he starts getting some twitches. And by the end of it, he doesn't even say, I love you, Dad. He says, you're loving son. And it was, I almost cried at that scene. It was phenomenal. But then they're like, okay, you're too close to this mission. And his father responds. He can tell from the booth that his father responds, but they won't tell him that he responds. And they're like, you're done. You're done with this mission. And at this point in time, multiple people have told different stories about his father, either that he's a hero or that he's a villain, that he he killed half of his crew, this sort of stuff. And so we find out at this point that they are sending a rocket to Neptune to blow up uh, the space station there, to blow, kill his dad and everyone on the place because they he's not really responding or, or communicating that sort of thing. And so he sneaks on the rocket and even that scene was cool but he sneaks on the rocket and it's like an 89 day journey and uh he gets on the rocket it's the same crew that the crew that took him to mars and he ends up actually killing the crew because they attack him because he's like i come in peace like i just want to i like i need to see my dad sort of thing but it isn't even that he needs to see his dad he he wants to be the one who kills his dad basically or that blows up the space station he's like it has to be me i'm his son i i i'm paying for the sins of my father it needs to be me and they don't really get that because they're they're all army people like they're military they are just following orders but so he goes there meets his dad and that whole scene was just that was really powerful and and of course afterwards my brother's like do you think his dad even was real And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. You have got to. Are you serious? Like, why would you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? That is crazy. Because he meets his dad, has some really good conversations. And then he's like, all right, we're getting out of here. I'm blowing the ship up. And uh, his dad ends up leaving. Like he, they're floating in space uh, to get to the ship. And his dad like jumps towards Neptune. And he's like, no, dad. He's like, let me go, son. And he does. He lets him go. But it's crazy. He like, his heart rate definitely went above 80 in that moment. But Stevie's like, he's like, was he even real? Like everything else could have been real. Sure. Like maybe his dad was dead and he, but he went there and blew the ship up. And so then he, he gets back to earth and he find his dad is like, he's gone crazy. His dad's gone insane. Basically. He's like, I need to keep going. And he's like, I'm really glad you're here, son. We can keep going. We can keep looking for life. I know it's out there. He's like, we haven't found it. He, and he, he ends up having all this data that he collects too of like, because he's so far away now, he's at Neptune. He can get lunar photos of more planets out there and not a single one of them has life on it or any signs of life. And his dad is going crazy because of that. He's like, there has got to be life out there. And he's like, please, he goes, please son, please don't let me fail. Please don't let your father fail. And he goes, dad, you haven't failed. He goes, you proved that like that we matter that there is because there is no other life out there we're all we've got and then and that part it ties so well into everything else in the movie the commercialization all that stuff that is what makes us intricately human and and maybe that is what it is maybe you know obviously there are aliens out there i certainly believe in aliens i uh 
I love the whole thing now that Tom DeLonge's company to the stars um, has uh, gotten confirmation from the Navy that they they actually took pictures of UFOs and they're they're in the public now. So there's like there's stuff out there. We just don't know how far away it is, or we don't know what the, we don't know what the situation is. But the way this movie is framing it is like if there's nothing out there. That just shows you how much more important human connection is. And so the movie ends with him traveling back to Earth alone for another like 90 days or however long it was they said that it's going to take to get back to Earth. And when he gets back to Earth, the last scene is him like the the capsule is opened and uh, they reach there like a guy reaches his hand out for him. He just starts crying because he's like hasn't had that human connection for, you know, however many days such a powerful movie like such a powerful father and son message a powerful message about humanity and uh it just like i said i mean i I really glazed over a lot of bits like uh there's a scene there's just scenes where the ship is just floating in the middle of nothing in space scenes where he's uh, he's floating in space and i there were multiple times where i thought i was going to get gravity syndrome where um, you know, like Sandra Bullock or when their cords get cut and they just float off into space. And uh, no, because it's in the future, they have these devices that kind of shoot their, like blow air out, kind of like the spaceship. So they can essentially fly in space a little bit. And that was pretty cool. There's also a really cool scene where they answered a distress signal at a um, a ship that had a bunch of baboons on the ship that attacked a guy. And so there, that was the craziest thing in the world. I was not expecting that at all, these baboons. I was like, like I like jumped. I got scared. But um, it just, like I said, it was a phenomenal movie. I, I, I really want to see it again. I love space movies and I love Brad Pitt. And it just, it was a very, at times, claustrophobic movie. But what, what I thought was great about it, and, and my brother touched on this a bit too, was... The movie was so focused on the relationship between the father and the son that they made all of this cool space stuff seem just like everyday things. Like every time he'd fly, everything was just super basic. Like, yep, we're, you know, turning at this point where we've got this, we're good to go, mission control. And it was like everything was normal, even when he's in the the moon fight when he's on Mars, everything is cool, calm, and collected. Like, nope, nothing unusual about there being a, a subway on Mars or on the moon or that there's baboons in this thing. Like, everything is it's just it's just your typical day in space. And it's like, it just, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful movie. I'm really grateful that I got to see it and I really look forward to when I get to see it again. So let me know what you guys thought about this movie. Those are my thoughts on it. And uh, I really hope it does well this weekend. My my hope is that it does better than Rambo, which came out this weekend. It looks like it very well could, which which would be surprising. But um, that's where I'm going to leave it. So for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll, I'll see you at the movies.